Hey everybody, I ran all the way to get here. It's the R&B show. Can you dig it? And now, back for a strong season two. Here's Ricardo and Brett. We're back, Brett. I know you didn't think this would happen, but here we it, are. It almost season didn't happen. number two, and it almost didn't happen today <laughs> as Rosie's trying to figure out what's going on over there with our audio because uh, you were pretty light sounding over there too, Rosie. Uh, so yeah, episode uh, one of the second season of the only podcast dedicated to the high school sports in the Fox Valley, the R&B Show. I'm your co-host, Ricardo Arguello, sitting alongside with me, as always, is Brett Christofferson, both of USA Today Network Wisconsin. Rosie's trying to figure out what's going on over there. Uh, he's also with USA Today Network Wisconsin. Both of you are multimedia specialists. Uh, but yeah, it's, we're back, Brett. and uh, We're back. That's We're back a for another long season from now until mid-June or early June, we'll be giving folks their fill of high school sports in the Fox Valley area almost every week. If that's what you say. Yeah. What's, what's, what's going to happen? If that's what you say. Well, I don't know. If, if it's anything like what happened in week one of the high school football season, then we're uh, in for a big treat. But uh, first things first, uh, welcome back. Uh, it's good to see everybody again. Uh, how was your summer? That's what our first topic is, actually. It's some way, summer you like, loving. You like my haircut? Uh, you look good. Uh, it's a little short, like you were, <laughs> you were remarking that it's a little short for you. But hey, my summer was my summer was great. I'm nice and tanned, uh, you know, and it, it went by too quick. I, I have to agree with you on that because you're always talking about how uh, I'm always in a rush to get to high school football, but uh, and to enjoy the summer. But yeah, it's great, great summer, and I'm sure you both uh, have had a great, some good time off. Yes, Rosie. Rosie's still trying to figure out what's Rosie's going on. Rosie's a mad there. scientist. By the way, uh, b- get back to my hair. Nobody can contend with the the thick head of hair that uh, Jim Rosendick still has and will always have. Uh, unfortunately, mine is slowly but surely Rosie's looking like leaving, a, leaving my head. Rosie's looking like a member of the Brady Bunch over there with that uh, that perm, that curls, man. It's yeah. true. It's I, all natural. My wife told me yesterday, she said, that's a little short, Brett. It's a little short and... Uh, and I, you know, I, I'm I'm reaching that that stage of my life where it's getting even a little bit shorter on top. Sorry to hear that. But uh, you know, I, I, you know, if you can't wash the gray right out of your hair, you gotta clip the gray right out of your hair. So okay. Well, uh, I don't know about that yet. I do. Have I'm, some I'm almost looking like Phil Donahue here pretty <laughs> soon. I'm Donahue. getting so gray. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna look look like uh, Popovich. You know actually. what? That, yeah, <laughs> Coach Pop, yeah. you guys are making me like that. Yes. Hey, well, but we're uh, you know it was exciting summer in, in terms of what. Uh, to look forward to, I guess. I guess I was waiting in anticipation for what was going on, and uh, I guess the number one thing on our minds going in, you know, to the fall season was that big first game, mm. Kimberly and Fond du Lac, and that's where we're going to start with because uh, I know you, well, the three of us were there. The only video element I want to say, almost, almost, it was at the Fond du Lac radio station also did live stream. Well, we were the only legitimate ones. Whoa, uh, ouch, easy uh, now. Come okay, on. they're they're good people. No, they are they are good people, and, I, and I'm just kidding around, but. Uh, we were there. TV wasn't there. That's the big thing. TV was not there li- uh, doing the broadcast or anything like that, Brett. We had uh, sole ownership of it in terms of that way, in terms of the Internet, things like that. And, I, and I'm proud to say that we witnessed one of the best games that we've ever seen and history in the making. Brett, I'll let you kind of uh, continue from there. Well, I don't know. Don't be a prisoner of the moment. Uh, it was a great game, but we've seen a number of great games in recent seasons. So uh, you've got to go back to the Kimberly Arrowhead game at the state championship. That, that, was, that was beyond this game here. But uh, for a week one matchup, it lived up to the hype. It literally came down to the last second. There was one second on the clock when Kimberly lined up, or when Fond du Lac lined up for the 26-yard field goal, and the kid just drilled it deep into the night. That thing's probably still sailing in the air. That thing had uh, 
he had leg probably for another 15 yards, I would think, easy. And uh, 31-28, Fond du Lac with the victory. The the 70-game winning streak uh, is snapped for, for Kimberly, the state record streak, the longest active streak in the nation. By the way, guys, uh, I think there are four teams now that uh, have the current longest streak in uh, in the state, and that is just a mere 15 in a row. So 55 more to go for these teams. I think Bangor's one, Wanakee's another, Springs, and I forget the fourth one, but they're, they're at 15 in a row because they were uh, state champions last year at 14 straight. So that puts it in perspective, doesn't it, that the 55 straight uh, wins are needed for those programs to match what Kimberly did. And it was really neat. Uh, I, th- I saw a lot of respect on both sides after the game on social media, just obviously congratulating Fond du Lac finally for getting over the hump. Uh, so close uh, a few other times during this stretch in those great Kimberly Fond du Lac battles. But then conversely, so much uh, kind of the, 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 a virtual standing O that you saw on social media for what Kimberly was able to accomplish. What I didn't, what I, what I chuckle at though, and we were talking about it uh, this morning, Folks are acting like, it. well, it's over. The The era has come to an end. While the 70-game winning streak is over, there is still another really impressive streak that is intact, and that is the five straight state championships. The state record is six held by Stratford, so Kimberly still can equal that mark. Yep. And don't think for a minute, unless injuries hit this team, that they're not going to be heard from when all is said and done. They're going to be right there because we've seen time and time again how this Kimberly team takes off they just get better and better and better by season's end and and ricardo i got the stats here i was really impressed with some of the guys you know you look at cody starkle 12 of 17 passing 215 yards and a touchdown for for kimberly in his debut how about will fisher 156 yards on 28 carries a 5.6 yards per carry average on on the ground so two uh question marks going in i think they they passed a, a really good test against an outstanding Fond du Lac team, but Fond du Lac's the real deal, and it's going to be fun to watch uh, the jockeying as we get into the playoffs. Right, and, and, and kudos to Fond du Lac uh, for finally getting the monkey off its back. Uh, they had been in several close contests with Kimberly the last times that they have played them, so we both kind of had a feeling that this might have happened if this was Fond du Lac was maybe going to be the team to do it. And, uh, and when I was talking to Coach Jorgensen and some of the players, there was a, lot, there was a sense of relief as well as excitement and a lot of, like you said, Brett, respect toward Kimberly. It was weird watching all the media go to an opposition team and no one was really talking to Coach Jones and the players. I mean, that's the first time in five years that that's happened. So I was able to go and talk to Coach Jones. And let me get this straight. Let me get this out there so there's no misunderstanding. There is no sense of panic at all among Kimberly. They lost by a last-second field goal. Okay, This wasn't like they were blown out by four touchdowns or something like that. They were right there at the end, just like those other games. Uh, the, the last couple of times that they had played Fond du Lac, it just where, so happened where Kimberly came out uh, on the winning end. So they're going to be just fine, and don't be surprised if we see these two teams again in the playoffs. We will be there, Brett, right? We're going to try to be there. That's the goal. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, I think it's interesting to note that when you look at the rankings, the Valley Football Association has four teams, uh, at least in the coaches' poll, right there uh, in the top 10. And then when you look at the Associated Press poll, also in the same thing where Nina's getting some votes there. A lot of respect for the Valley Football Association to have those four teams uh, uh, be there representing, uh, in our opinion, the best conference for football in the state. Yeah, you look at the coaches' poll in Division One, Fond du Lac's one, Kimberly is two. shows you the respect for a Kimberly team right. that at 0-1 they're still ranked two. And then Appleton North is three at 1-0. and in the co- uh, in the AP poll, Fond du Lac one in the large division. Wanakee is two. Brookfield Central that's, that's, three. That's, that's ridiculous. And Kimberly is four. Appleton North is eight. 
Yeah, go ahead. You, you well, no, of... it's just that uh, you know Kimberly lost by last second field goal. There's no doubt in my mind that they would whoop up on both Wanakee and Brookfield Central. Fond du Lac was one of the best teams coming in. They had a lot of starters returning. You know, it was a back and forth game right down to the wire. I mean, to make Kimberly fourth is is just laughable in my opinion. So I had to take the AP voters to task. There's no way Wanakee and Brookfield Central. I don't care if they're one to zero. They're not playing Fond du Lac. All right, that's you got to look at the the strength of the schedule. We talked about this uh, earlier in the office. Kimberly has seven playoff teams from last year on their regular season schedule, right? So, you know, they're going to traverse a, a, a potential minefield there, you know, as they kind of seek that sixth straight championship. Of course, every year is different. Some of these playoff teams this year could be a little bit weaker, or uh, last year could be a little bit weaker this year. So it, we'll find out here. It's kind of like the NFL, you know, you, you, it changes year to year. I was impressed with Fonda, like Carson Raddatz, the quarterback. You think, look at Fonda, like only eight attempts through the air, but he was five of eight, 67 yards. But look at what Fondy did, 326 yards rushing against yeah. that outstanding offensive line that returns three first-teamers, all unanimous first-teamers, and another kid who was an uh, uh, honorable mention. That's the strength of their uh, team is that offensive line, and they're just going to – they're going to – they're going to pummel teams just based on that running attack alone. Carson Raddatz, the quarterback, 146 yards rushing. That included a 74-yard touchdown jaunt there that uh, kind of electrified uh, Fond du Lac. And not only that, but faked me out. I had the binoculars on Raddatz doing a great job with that ball fake, sticking the ball deep into the belly of typically Eben Sauer. Uh, and then really just ran a fake to perfection right up the gut. Sauer, 141 yards rushing, 15 uh, attempts. His biggest play was that catch, though. That uh, set up the field that goal. That set up the field goal. And one more thing I want to mention, Brett, was that very bad call. Yeah. Uh, what happened there? They, they called him down. This, one, no, one back, of the refs had called him down. Backtrack, uh, go though. Ahead, go ahead and set well, it up. No, back, yeah, it, was, it was a fourth and one, I think. Yes. And I thought, was it Sauer that had the, or was it Raditz? Raditz, Raditz and the keeper clearly got the first down. Clearly got the first down. The officials, however, called him down on the 15. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know the positions of the officials, but the one basically down the line had called him down on the 15. The other ones had not seen that, and they had let the play go or not whistled or whatever, and then, you know, it, it, Reddits did get the first down. There is no, absolutely no question about that. He was never down. We, I, I know I've scrubbed back and looked at the, mm-hmm. at the, at the, the video that we had. He never – his. He never touched the ground. It was a terrible call. And talking to Jorgensen afterwards, he really felt, and some of the team felt, that this was it. That, that's, the, that's the call you know, that's going to kind of self-destruct everything. But give Fondy credit. They were able to come back, overcome that call on the, you know, because Kimberly went down and tied the game. Yep. To come back and, and to get it done, I think, speaks volumes for them. They were, but they were worried about that, that, okay, here it is. Here's the call that's going against us. You so know, they've, they have lost in the last second several yeah. times against Kimberly. Well, and there would have been some scuttle on yes. that one saying, what was that? Uh, so it's, It was visible online, yeah. too. You could see how upset they were. Wow, I, I haven't seen coaches really that upset in a while. It, it, it was pretty remarkable. Well, and I think I remember the PA announcer at Papermaker Stadium said an inadvertent whistle, right. and one of the officials looked at the box. No, it wasn't inadvertent. So he was saying he was down. It yes. was. <laughs> um, I thought, you know what, I thought it the key moment as I replay the game in my mind was the personal foul penalty against Fond du Lac gave Kimberly first and 10 on the Fondy 15, I think it was. The game, I want to say, was tied at that point, and it looked like Kimberly was kind of in control, and the papermakers were st- uh, stuffed. And I think 
was it was it Andrew Stone who came up with a, a couple big right. stops on that mm-hmm. play, even back, both ways, and I want you to comment on. Yeah, that, and, and even backed up Kimberly, and the papermakers came away with no points. They looked like they were primed to to punch it in the end zone, take a a one score lead after they had trailed by two scores, fourteen zip and twenty one to seven. So I thought that was a big stand by that defense to keep Kimberly uh, off the scoreboard. Brett, if you want to add uh, your thoughts on Fond du Lac as we continue. We both agree Kimberly will be there at the end. They're going to improve. They always do. That's been their kind of MO you know, under Coach Jones. For you, Fondy has the same kind of ability to do that, but you do worry about one aspect about well, that. I do, I, the, the two ways. Carson Raddatz, a, f- a fantastic athlete, but I believe playing the linebacker spot on the other side is pretty rare, especially at the Division One level, to be, see a quarterback also playing defense, and I remember he, <laughs> he's he got some wheels. He, he, can, he can fly. I remember he, he caught, was it Will Fisher uh, at an angle? It looked yes. like Fisher was going was maybe at a, at a beeline towards the end zone, and, and Raddatz played the angle perfectly and just streaked down the field. And uh, But you wonder. It's, it's a rugged game, especially, I guess it's all relative, but especially when you throw the Valley Football Association and all those big uh, teams in Division One and even Division Two where a lot of teams do have the two platoon and, and only play one way. So Kimberly obviously does that. So it's kind of strange to see uh, the quarterback. And, either, and I think of like a, an Andrew Stone, too. They're talented de- offensive linemen also playing a heck of a game on the defensive side of the ball. You worry about are these guys going to get injured? Are they going to wear out uh, towards the end of a long grind and you hit to week nine? Maybe not. Maybe uh, their conditioning is fantastic and maybe they'll skate through, but it is a concern, I think, if, if I'm Fond du Lac. Am I, are we pushing these guys too much? Or are these guys going to get worn out uh, by the end of the year? And it's, especially guys, when you, you know, when you factor in how humid it was on week one. Now, this Friday doesn't seem to be maybe as bad, but it, it's still summertime. And there's going to be a number of these hot Friday nights coming and these hot, sticky Friday nights coming before we finally get into fall and that, that weather starts to cool off. But last year... It really didn't get cold until that state quarter f- or state semifinal game, yeah, and it, it was nice. It well, I remember you were wearing you and Rosie were wearing shorts up until the very end there, and then yeah. it was bitter cold. That that wind coming into the Titan Stadium press box, that wind was blowing right at us. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I know they do they do play both ways at, at other levels. You know, I think of like uh, the the freedoms and the little shoots of the world. They'll play both ways. It doesn't seem to affect them, but it could be a concern because teams at the Division One level, Appleton North, Nina. Uh, Kimberly, they are pretty much a two-platoon two program. And don't count out Appleton, North, and Nina in this Division One talk because uh, those two squads are going to be uh, heard from uh, down the line, and not only that, but also Friday night when they match up uh, in, a, in a big VFA uh, showdown, uh, North and, Na- and Nina. No, that's what I was going to segue into. But if you look at the other games going on, Appleton, North, one big, uh, 55 nothing over D.C. Everest. Uh, Nina... Uh, uh, Took care of Spash, yeah. looking good there. Little Shoot Freedom, that was a big matchup. Little Shoot scoring 27 unanswered points. Uh, real quick, Brett, I'll give my thoughts, and then if you want to interject as well. Appleton North, Carter Robinson, mm-hmm. Ian Latch, both big games for them. Uh, so you're, you're seeing Appleton North doing what we thought Appleton North would do. But like you said, they do play Nina this Friday, and that's going to answer a lot of questions about how, how, real, how real both teams are. Now, Appleton North took care of Nina last year. Uh, both in the regular season and in the playoffs, I want to say. Nina, again, looks great on defense. Now, how much of that is going to have to carry the entire team? We're going to see this week how that's going to match up because I know Nina has some bad taste in their mouth after getting whipped uh, basically in the postseason against Appleton North. And then, Brett, I thought Little Shoot showed me a lot. I love the fact that Noah Miller is, is 
converted receiver, and now he's able to showcase that fantastic athletic ability. What he had a couple touchdowns thrown and a long touchdown mm-hmm. run. It really, to knock off a freedom team, I, you know, th- that's an intense rivalry as big as t- to those guys as Appleton North and Kimberly is. So I, I really like those three teams in particular. Those are the three teams that stood out to me. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting on, on Friday. Nina's strength, I guess, would be defensively. And I know Rob Som, the Appleton North coach, might chew me out if I say this, but I think the strength of Appleton North is that quarterback and Carter right. Robinson, that yes. explosive offense, even though – Traditionally and historically, North has is, is really uh, hung its hat on defense. But Carter Robinson is the best quarterback in our area. I, I think we all agree with that. And we'll see him tonight on Varsity Roundtable. And we all. had him in for the Elite 11. Am I right, Rosie? We that's can't right. forget about that. So you're going strength against strength, and that's going to be really interesting to see who comes out on, on top. Nina, there's, there's folks down there. They're very, very prideful very of their vocal. football team, and they're very vocal about, hey, th- we got a good team here, and they do. Uh, and this will go a long way if they can pull out a big uh, victory against Apple and uh, North uh, for to, to really catapult them into the conversation as a team that maybe could make a deep run into the postseason. Of course, we're only through week one. Little shoot, yeah, they, they were down 13-zip against Freedom. And uh, the pick by not only you but with Sports.net to, to win the Northeastern Conference, kind of a surprise when we were talking about that. It's like, wow, they're down 13-zip. Uh, but then turn it on. Noel Miller, if, if if memory serves, I don't think he's played quarterback since seventh grade. Oh boy! Uh, he, oh boy. He, he he missed football for a, a handful of years before finally coming back out again last year. And he's a good athlete. He's a he's a sprinter in track and and can and can run. So you can get him out of the pocket. And he can he's going to make some things happen with his legs. And uh, I think once he kind of settles in and gets used to a little bit more used to Brian Richkowski's offense and the play calling and the, and, the, and the schemes that they run and the things that they, they like to do to open it up for receivers like Adam Hippus and, and Jacob Lilge. They're going to be a <laughs> – watch out for them in Division Four. Yes. I, I fully expect the Mustangs to be at the doorstep of getting back to Camp Randall Stadium. I think they're that talented because defensively they're always there. They're always really good. Well, we've seen Little Shoot do that in the past uh, with teams that I think this team's outstanding this year. I do too. We've seen other teams that maybe, in my opinion, weren't as good as this year's team make it to right there, like you said, right on the doorstep of, of making it. I know the one year they lost to St. Croix Falls who won the who won the title. Or St. Croix Central? St. Croix Central St. Croix Central. the state semis, well, yeah. Well, yeah, they won the state title that year, and Little Shoe took them right down there to the end as well. So Senior-led. There's senior a led. lot of seniors on that team, and you'll hear any coach, whether it's college or high school, say, give me a bunch of seniors, and I can win with those guys. Now this week we have Amherst and Fond du Lac Springs. I know you and Rosie – Went up there earlier this year, Amherst, right, Rosie? Everything's looking good up in Amherst for you guys? Yeah, yeah. We're keeping our fingers crossed. We got the uh, – uh, we're not going to be plugged in, so okay. we're going to have the MiFi card. But all seem to go well with testing. Okay, so, so let's hope that uh, the reception is fantastic because, Brett, I know you're excited about putting this game on there. And, and I know this is our first time doing Springs in Amherst. Uh, outside of, of our, as we dabble outside of the Appleton area here, but we can't, you can't really go wrong with those two teams. They both, uh, Amherst won the D5 crown last year, Springs won D6. So, uh, your thoughts on that, Brett? Well, a rare game in, in that defending state champions are playing each other. Um, and I got to actually give Mike Sherry credit. He's the one who ca- who came up to me, our colleague, and said, "Hey, what, what do you think about that Amherst Springs game?" And I thought that's, yeah. I mean, we rarely do. I think the last time we did a small school 
Um, was it brilliant? What, might have been brilliant. Wow. Town years ago. This was pre-Rosie even yeah. on the production <laughs> crew. It was just you Rosie's and me. like what? Sque- there was there was live feeds before you. Rosie. Oh yeah, there was a bunch of them, and and we were squeezed into that little press yes, box at that. Brilliant. I think it's the middle school now, right downtown or off of downtown. So it's going to be fun. I think the atmosphere is going to be really cool, and it's another example of how our stream team is USA Today Network Wisconsin. We are not just solely Appleton area, even though so many good programs are right. in this Appleton area as far as statewide. We're going to do some Green Bay games. We're going to go over to Spash and Gerkey Field in a couple of weeks and do Appleton North, Stevens Point. Uh, but this is the game. I think a lot, you know Appleton North, Nina, one of the games of the night in the state, and so is Amherst and, and Fondy Springs. Amherst is like a mini Kimberly, three-time defending state champs in Division Five. Fantastic program. Garrett Groshick, now the Badger, got a full ride uh, down at Wisconsin this week. So you know the Falcons fans are going to be buzzing. A lot going on uh, down over in Amherst. And then you look at Fondy Springs, a mainstay in Division Six at Madison, led by Bob Hyland, the state's winningest coach in, prep high, sc- in, in high school history. So you got a, a legendary figure on the sidelines in Springs that won the D6 title. Amherst, which has won three straight D5 titles, both undefeated, both coming off big wins in week one. And not only that, but if it holds out, Springs actually is going to be in Division 5 this year. They are projected to go D5. Now you're going number one Amherst versus number two Springs in Division 5. That's how it's it's laid out in the poll, in the WestSports.net poll from our friends over there. So, uh, again, it still depends on what teams make it from Division One into the postseason and how that has a domino effect. That's the effect. projection, But, though. yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be very, very close. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited because, again, Amherst, Springs, small schools, you don't get any better than that. I'm telling you, how, how can you get any better than two defending state champions? You really can't. No, and I think this is, this is going to be fun, especially if it was one thing if we're going to Fond du Lac and Fruith Field where I think Springs plays its yes. home. That's a bigger town, bigger city. We're going to Amherst. This is a small town. You know the community is going to be out going nuts. Have you ever been there, by the way, watched the game? In Amherst? Yeah. Uh, I, actually, years ago in really? college when I uh, interned at the Stevens Point Journal. Okay, yes. I've been there as well. I've watched and Amherst. Brilliant. Uh, so, uh, it's it, a nice little it setting back there. It is a nice little there. setting. I like it a lot. And you like it there, right, Rosie? Yeah. We're ready. Yeah. It's going to be a little cramped. Go. It's going to be a little different. It's and hopefully the, the MyFi card holds up. But you look at in the AP poll. Amherst, number two in medium division. Fond du Lac Springs, number one in the small division. This is a big, big game. Uh, and it could have some sort of uh, playoff ramifications going down the line. Who knows? Maybe these two teams uh, square off in a state semifinal or something based on seedings if they're both in Division Five, Or maybe this is a preview of the Division Five state championship in November. Amherst, too high on that medium division. Uh, they'd be perfect in the small school. But, yeah, they, I, I can't put them over well, St. Yeah. Croix Central. Here's my problem. We talked about this, the AP poll. Come on, guys. Divide it into seven divisions. Enough with <laughs> the large, medium, and small. That's, a, that's an easy way out. That's a cop-out. <laughs> it is, but uh, actually I don't mind it so much because it is kind of like an easy way out. And and I'll because you never know. There's a lot of teams that are on the – the fringe of D1, D2, yes. you know, all down the line. So it's just easier to do it that way. Yeah, easy schmeasy. <laughs> and then I tell you what, I, what I like about with sports, they even recognize eight-man football in the state rankings because that's becoming bigger There's in, like in Wisconsin. There's like 12 teams and they got a it top 10. It is Come good on. stuff. Can't so. be ranking t- 
when there's only 12 teams. Give credit where credit is due. Yeah, I think they're just uh, I think just pandering at this time right now. But, hey, let's go uh, switch over to FBA Girls Volleyball because the FBA Fall Classic took place yesterday, Brett. It was all day. It started way early in the morning, lasted all the way at night, and I want to congratulate Nina, who, by the way, we had both Kayla Krause and Eddie Barnes on the, sh- on the varsity roundtable last week. They kicked off our varsity roundtable season. Actually, the whole team was here. Uh, but, yeah, Nina finished undefeated. Uh, with Actually, it was Appleton North finished second, and Kimberly, I believe, was third. So another great season upcoming from the FBA. And I know, Brett, that we have talked about this. We talked about this last week on the, on the roundtable, excuse me, about having the, Kimber- the big Kimberly-Nina matchup. And who knows? Maybe it should be Appleton well, North. Well, I was going to ask at. you about that. I mean, that's, I thought Kimberly was going to be uh, contending with Nina, and they, and they will, but maybe it's Nina-Appleton North again. Maybe I we I, can do both. Oh well, we got to see about our schedule because <laughs> we got a, a Packer show that's going to be kicking off here too. Yeah, that. I know, but uh, I'm just throwing it out there. I throw it out there. It's everyone, it's a mega mega busy time of the year. I'm behind FBA Girls Volleyball and getting out there and watching them play. These guys are kind of waffling a just, little bit. Just remember, if if we, if it happens to be Nina and Appleton North, there, there's going to be a certain certain person we know that isn't going to be too happy with you about that, Ricardo. So yeah, I know though. I don't care about easy. It. But anyway, <laughs> but my point is that we have a couple guys ready and willing to come help us with the analysis part of it. Brian, I know you can't wait to get down on the court there I, I and do fun. the filming. Yeah, Mr. Cameraman well. here, right, he Rosie? Well. Yeah. Uh, he did a great job last year. He but, yeah, but both B.J. Brandt. Did I say that B.J. Right? Bryant. B.J. Bryant. And You're as bad as Rosie with names. Moriarty, coach. Bruce <laughs> Moriarty, former coach of Dina, has offered their help in terms of helping us. You know I need all the help I can get, Brent. He even got my name wrong last week on the uh, Prep Football live stream. I did. What he, did I call butchered, you, he butchered my last name. Christopher. <laughs> did I call you Christopher again? Or Christensen or Christensen. something. Christensen, okay. Well, I was close. It started wow. with a C. Wow. Well, I've heard your last name uh, at our high school sports award show, Arguelle. Arguelle. Hey, don't forget about uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame. NFL Hall of Famer, Jer- uh, what's his name? I can't remember. <laughs> Jerry Kramer. Jerry you can't Kramer. even get that name right. Jerry, because I, I'm, I was thinking about he called me Rickado. <laughs> he did, yes. <laughs> and he wasn't kidding. No. He actually just called me Rickado. Who, who's named Rickado? Do you know anybody named Rickado? What did, uh, what did Hollywood, David Bakhtiari call Ricard. 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 That's yes. Right. We got to get number sixty nine back at clubhouse this year. Uh, yeah. But hey, I'm, I'm excited about the FBA girls volleyball season. I think you know we're going to he's going to have one team there at state, and possibly two from that conference. Uh, so uh, you know, Nina's looking like the team to beat. In my opinion, I thought they were the team to beat last year. Kimberly knocked them off for the state title or for the for the conference title, I should say. They actually made it to state, and uh, also kind of uh, segues into our sensational six. Brett or uh, Rosie, if you don't mind, I'm gonna riddle the names off here. We talked about Kayla Krause, Eddie Barnes, uh, uh, Jenna Chauss, Chausse from Chilton, Maggie Cartwright from Kimberly, Liz Gregorski from Xavier, Hannah Vandenberg, Brett from Little Shoot. Uh, you're talking about six Division One players there. Wow. So we're all excited about having uh, them profiled this week. Are you working on those, Rosie? Uh, well, I'm back from vacation. So, yeah, I'm working on them. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on right yeah, now. Yeah, so hopefully he, he can get those released somewhat soon. But I'm going to be promoing them uh, really up, up, up soon, and then we'll kind of get you know, define when, when the date should be. But our Lead 11 is being released, was released actually earlier this week, and it's being highlighted as well throughout the week. So please check that out again on postcrescent.com. And, Brett, uh, I'm going to quickly switch here. We're kind of running out of time, but I wanted to talk about uh, a big story that came about not too long ago. Danny Jansen, Appleton West baseball player, uh, has been in the Toronto Blue Jays minor leagues uh, for a few years now, got the call, got the call to move up, Brett. I think it was August I think it was a, a couple of weekends ago where he got the call. Exciting time for Appleton because not only has he been called up, he's been having a heck of an opening uh, to his 
major league career, Brett, I think he's hit safely in each one of his games, I want to really? say, that he's participated in. I want to look up his stats real Yeah, quick. he's been just a little bit under 400, I want to say 380-something. 381. Uh, 381. H- had his first home run in the second big league game, had his first hit in his first big league at bat, also throughout a runner, and all with his, his uh, family there in Kansas City as Not well. Not bad just for an exciting 16th-round draft pick, huh? Yeah. So right how out long of high school. Till his uh, white glasses carry catch on. Yeah, I was just gonna say because a big story with that was that he was, uh, you know, he was having trouble seeing or whatever, and mm-hmm. then he kind of switched over to that. And yeah, you're right. That's something that's gonna catch on. I think the the, the glasses, the the sports glasses part of it. I, yeah. I think well, Cor- a little bit Corbin, like Corbin Burns for Cor- the Brewers. He wears those. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, I was thinking more of like uh, uh, who, who, was, who was the Laker who always wore the glasses? Kareem. Rambus. James Worthy. Oh, Jack. Uh, Kurt Rambus. Oh, Rambus. Didn't Worthy wear them? But he had, his were clear. Right? Yeah, well, those were like. Kareem wore the goggles. Too. Oh, the oh, goggles. Right, but yeah. I don't think these are goggles. These no. are more like sunglasses. This is like. like what Corbin Burns, the Brewers pitcher, okay. wears. Got very similar to that. But, you know, I was thinking about Danny Jansen, too, in that I think the last time uh, 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 Fox Cities, I guess, Appleton area kid made it was Eric Hinsky right. with the Toronto Blue Jays, who uh, Eric Hinsky ended up winning American League Rookie of the Year honors way back in the day. And a World Series ring with the Yankees. And the Red Sox. Oh, that's right. And he was also in the World Series with the Rays, I think, too. Wow. Hinsky had a heck of a career. He did. I think we have a, we have a bloopers reel with uh, Jansen and Scotty Shriver on, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, from, uh, from when they were part of the Power Nine? Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Maybe I do still have that. I don't know. But, yeah, he was part of our Power Nine. Really excited to have one of our Power Nine be uh, our second professional athlete, by the way, Brett. Well, and the neat, the neat offshoot of this story that just came out was uh, the Jansen family, back in 2004, uh, hosted Adam Jones of the Wisconsin Timberallers. And the players back then, that might even still be the case now, a lot of the players – would be uh, would live with a host family throughout the season, and Adam Jones, of course, the all-star center fielder for the Orioles now, uh, I think is a four-time Gold Glover, uh, tweeted something out saying, uh, you know, how proud he was of Danny Jansen. Growing up on me. There's even a picture that uh, Adam Jones uh, tweeted out of him back in '04 when he was 19 years old with the Timber Rattlers, sitting next to like a nine-year-old Danny Jansen at Fox City Stadium, and now look at it, Danny Jansen's in the bigs. Uh, the Orioles and uh, the Blue Jays, I think, are in the middle of a, or wrapping up a series yeah, and playing each other. So how cool is that? And did you see uh, Jansen actually lined out to Jones? Yeah. And then Jones is like, I got you. I got <laughs> you on this one. But that's a great, great, cool That's a neat story. story. Uh, that kind of shows you. The, the, boy, you, you talk about Appleton being a baseball city, Brett. We know it this, is, But you kind of see the kind of family welcoming atmosphere that we have here, them staying with host families mm-hmm. and things like that. I think I think that's a great, great thing that – you know, I don't. I don't know if that's the. Is that part of the course in other minor league cities too? I think well? so. I think okay. that's fairly typical, and I think some some guys did live in apartments too. Right. But yeah, I mean, if you want to save money, because minor leaguers, especially at yeah. in low A ball, are not making a ton yeah. of money unless you have a nice signing bonus and you're a high draft pick. But there's a proud history of of baseball in this city, and I think minor league baseball, if I remember, because I covered the Timber Rattlers for many years, goes back dates back to 1891. So professional baseball goes back a long time, and there's been a number of great players who have come through here uh, in the minor leagues. Goose Gossage comes to mind. Earl Weaver was a manager. Uh, Ripken. Uh, Did Harold Baines ever play? Harold Baines, I oh, think. I was, love Harold Baines. I think he was here. Uh, I mean, cause they were they were a White Sox affiliate for many years here in Appleton, and when they were the Appleton Fox. Don't forget about Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, Felix Hernandez played here. Uh, pitched here, you know. Of course, now we're seeing the Brewers. The Brewers have been an affiliate here since '09, but 
Uh, and then there's been a number of really great high school programs uh, over the years that have done uh, they've won state titles. So it, it, this is this is I always will be a baseball town before anything else. Well, that was just one thing I wanted to mention. Please follow, please follow the Blue Jays and follow Danny Jansen's. Uh, the rest of hopefully, I mean, I, I'm thinking, I'm assuming he's going to be up the rest of the year. But he's having a hot start, and, and and it's great to rally behind a local kid. And he's been here. You know, he was. He, I remember him playing minor league or minor league little league ball here too. So that's how that's how long this goes back. So it's a great story, and I think it's one that we should uh, keep following as well. Brett. Bre- Brewers could use a catcher, Rosie. Yeah, well, you know, a, a <laughs> young a catcher. Make a trade with the Jays in you the offseason. That's true. They have a couple young ones. Bring them home. So, yeah. Um, yep. And also, uh, I, wanna, I can't stop the show without tonight, Rosie, now. Varsity Roundtable featuring Appleton North Lightning players Carter Robinson and Devin Blum. They're paying us a visit, so we're excited to talk to those two guys in preparation for their big game against Nina. Yeah, so we'll I can't wait scoop. to talk to them about that. Yeah, see what they're thinking. Uh, I'm looking forward. I've never met Carter, so I, I, I'm a huge fan of, uh, well, nice even guy. last year, tremendously talented quarterback. And I would, has, is he, has he signed on to go anywhere yet? I know signing day is not till November. That's I a guess, good goal. That's something we can ask him tonight because I don't know. Go. But I do know he had a busy summer. Yeah, he did. Uh, kind of getting in front of coaches and things like that and really kind of working out and improving his game. So can't wait to, again, Appleton North Lightning football on the big roundtable show later Tonight, 7 o'clock, you can tune in to Post Crescent or on Facebook.com slash Post Crescent. There we go. All right. We got the first one All right, done. that's it. We got, we're out of the way. Rosie, cue up the music because uh, Brett's got to throw that football and hit that camera. Only the football today because it's not basketball season yet. But I can't wait for hoops, Ricardo. You know that that's my favorite. Okay, there we go. Is it this one, uh, Rosie? Yep. Watch this. Ooh, oh, a you're off high, A little high. I, it's, it's preseason. You're like Aaron Rodgers throwing the picks in the it's preseason. preseason for me. That's okay. Okay. We'll get her next week. Oh, no. Where'd the other one go? It's only football. Oh, it's basketball. Not, ba- not till basketball season. Oh.